time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can find Glenn online at roadmapfinancial.com. Glenn, it is great to be with you this week. We made it through 2020 and have finally arrived at the new year. Man, it's like uh, what a what a year that was, right? <laughs> hey, let's let's hope let's hope uh, that we have some you know, good. You know, it looks like we have some lights at the end of the tunnel, and uh, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed, and you know, and and so forth, and and hopefully uh, we will return return to some sort of uh, normalcy. You know, not too far down the line. It both it both went too fast and also took way too long to get through at the same time. It was kind of yeah. a, uh, d- definitely a weird year by by many standards, and uh, hopefully we'll be off to better and brighter things as twenty twenty one gets underway. Although you know, there's nothing like magical or special about the you know changing of the calendar year in terms of our at least maybe maybe not I don't know in terms of our luck. I guess some people would argue against that that we can. There's a hard cutoff at the end of the calendar year to change things going into 2020, but I don't know. We still have a lot of unresolved things with the the virus and other elements that still need to get worked sure. out. So, well, yeah, you're you're exactly right. It is. I mean, in in, in terms of you know, in terms of things, it's, it's somewhat arbitrary on one hand. On the other hand, you know, it's like you say, it's you know, we we're here. It, it kind of gives us a new start, and um, you know, and of course, you have the seasons of the year that uh, that, that come and go as well. So. We'll we'll look at uh, at 2021 as a as a as a new beginning here for the for this year and uh, and we'll and we'll rock and roll forward and, and like I say hopefully we'll, we we get to some real resolution with the virus and and some other things as well that that, uh, that give us you know the, like I say we're, everybody I think and everybody I talk to is just ready for something that is uh, more resembles you know something you know quote unquote normal that that we've all been used to for so long. Yep, I think we said it uh, several episodes ago. Have have we ever yearned for uh, normal as much as we are right now? It, it would it'd yeah. be a welcome sight. So, uh, well, let's get into today's conversation. You know, to kick off the new year, we talked a little bit about what would make a a great topic to discuss, and diversification kept coming up as one of those big things. It's one of the hottest buzzwords in the financial landscape, and so we thought we'd make that the focus of today's show, but wanted to approach it from a little bit different angle, Glenn, because it's interesting. If you look up quotes about diversification, as an example, from famous investors, you might come across one from Warren Buffett, and a lot of people know who Warren Buffett is, one of the richest people in the world, greatest investor of all time, uh, arguably. And if you read this quote, it might raise your eyebrows a little bit. Here's how it goes. Uh, Diversification is protection against ignorance. It makes little sense if you know what you're doing. Yet, Glenn, we've always heard about diversification being one of the keys to success for retirement planning. And as we kick off today's show, I'm just wondering, how can these seemingly different ideas both be right? So, Walter, you know, first thing you got to think in terms of is, is, you know, to whom are you listening? Right. And, you know, and what is their frame of reference? So Warren Buffett is not really a retirement planner. (laughs) Warren Buffett is a is an investor. Right. And Warren Buffett is a highly skilled and, you know, and and uh, and very you know knowledgeable person in the field that he that he practices in. And so he's investing, you know, in companies and, you know, looking through everything as a long term proposition, you know, for equities to hold through, you know, through time, you know, and for the investors in, in his company, you know, that it, it, it's that 
whole mindset. Whereas, you know, when we're thinking about retirement planning and people putting money away for retirement, you know, I don't want to say people aren't investors on, on one hand. On the other hand, they're what, what most of the vast majority of people, people are doing with their retirement type of accounts that happen to be in investment type vehicles is saving for the retirement so that they, those, those resources will be there in their retirement years to kind of create their own personal pension and to be utilizing those resources differently than Warren Buffett is going to be you know, thinking in terms of how, how, how he puts money to work in the markets. Does that make sense, Walter? It does. Context with everything always important. So that, that's a, a great example of it, right? Because uh, you have to understand what someone's perspective is and the advice that they're giving and, and what they're saying. And also a good lesson anytime, don't base your entire financial plan off of a quote. So um, certainly not saying Warren Buffett is wrong in his context, but everyday investors and savers and planners for retirement certainly should be careful. So let's use that as our uh, launching point, Glenn. From, from what you see, I'm curious, how does then the average person define diversification? Because it's not like a, it's a little bit subjective, right? Well, it's, yeah, to some extent, right? Sure, Walter. I mean, most people, you know, have, have this idea of diversification, uh, you know, coming from the frame of reference um, of, the, uh, of the accumulation years when you're saving for retirement, right? And, you know, when, when I talk to people, it's, it's like, well, you know, tell me what you mean by diversification. Typically, it, you know, comes into asset allocation. I'm going to have so, so much, you know, in, in this sector of the economy or in, in this particular index and maybe some, you know, monies in bonds or bond type funds or bond type investments and others and, you know, in equities and, and so forth. And then, it's, you know, and then you're looking at risk tolerance and all of those kinds of things. And that is really the context that most people are viewing the word diversification with. And that's a you know significantly you know probably proper way of thinking about it when you're in the accumulation years, right? When you're saving for retirement, you know you you want to you you know want to kind of hedge your bets at the same time you're looking to grow your retirement assets as much as you can when you're in the accumulation years. You with me? I'm with you. Yep, that makes sense. And so, in contrast to how the regular investor might define it, does it take on a different meaning for you in particular? Well, Walter, I mean, particularly if we're if we're talking about folks who are transitioning into retirement or already in retirement, you know, I, I think that we want to leave a little bit of, of that definition that we just talked about on the table. But there are other ways of there are other you know contexts that we need to think in terms of diversification. The first thing that kind of comes to mind is is in terms of time frames, right? When we think in terms of saving for retirement and putting money away for retirement in your accumulation years, well, you know, you're, you're thinking, you know, long term. It's like I'm putting this money away for retirement and you might be in your 20s, 30s, 40s or even, you know, you know in, in your earlier mid 50s. Right. But as you get you know, more and more you know, closer and closer to retirement, well, now it's, it's not so far out there, you know, in, into the future. It's starting to become, you know, closer to, you know, to when, when you're actually going to transition into retirement. So one of the things you think in terms of is, is that, you know, monies that are at risk, you know, well, if you, if you're needing money, you know, if you're needing to take money out of the account, then, you know, uh, by and large, you know, you want to make sure that the money that you're going to need to access has, has little or no, you know, volatility to it, or, you know, has, has the, you know, you we're, we're going to lower the risk in terms of the assets that we need access to, you know, in the now or in the, in the soon, you know, relationship of time. 
And so that becomes a real significant way of thinking of things. And, and oftentimes I, I talk in terms of buckets, you know, in terms of buckets of money and segmenting dollars, you know, for, you know, for your retirement or, or in, your, in your strategies and so forth. And when we think in terms of time buckets, you know, I think in terms of the now, the soon and the later buckets, right? The now being is like, what do you need for the next year? Right. And, you know, do you have an emergency fund? Do you have money that's th that's there for you, you know, for the things that you're planning on on, you know, having, you know, large capital expenditures for? What about the soon bucket? Well, the soon bucket probably is, you know, from, you know, year one to probably year 10. Right. In most cases. And we want to think in terms of if you're going to be drawing money out, you know, for income. We want to make sure that that money is actually going to be there and you know that you can rely on it and, and that it's going to be that, that you don't have to worry about the volatility of the markets. And then we think in terms of the later money, maybe 10 years or longer out there. Well, now that's, the, you know, that's a little further into the future or, or probably significantly into the future. And now we start thinking in terms of, OK, well, that money can have some a little bit more you know, fluctuation in the values. And over time, you know, we just we, we keep adjusting and making sure that we have the, the appropriate diversification in terms of time frames to when we're going to need to access the money and, and when is it going to be there for you. Are you with me, Walter? All of that makes sense, Glenn. I think that's a really uh, good way to break it down. Do you see people, when they come in to meet with you, Glenn, putting enough emphasis or maybe too much emphasis, if that's possible? I guess where is that level of emphasis that people put on the idea of diversification, and is it appropriate attention being paid? Well, I think people, you know, that they, they tend to think in terms of diversification, It's a, but it's a matter of thinking of the again the context where are you in life and and what are what are we needing to think about now one additional thing that i always bring you know bring to mind that's not just for the retirement years obviously what we're talking about now with the time time frames that becomes more and more important as you get closer and closer to retirement another piece of the puzzle in terms of diversification is the the tax treatment of the types of accounts you have right if we use the analogy again of buckets you know you you have you have different areas of wh where you can place your money and we have you know, the taxable bucket, which would mean you know, money that is like in, a, in an after-tax account or what we would call a non-qualified account. Maybe you have a brokerage account that's subject to capital gains and dividend treatment and that kind of thing within the tax code. Or maybe you've got money that, that's sitting in the bank you know, earning some interest. Those kinds of dividends and capital gains and interest, those kinds of things are going to be subject to taxation each and every year. And so that's what we would think in terms of the taxable bucket. The tax deferred bucket of money you know, would be like your 401ks and your IRAs, those traditional type of accounts that you put money into for retirement that is pre-tax dollars, right? Those dollars you're putting in before taxes, and then they're going to be subject to taxation as they come out. And then, of course, the last bucket is, you know, a tax free or a tax favored bucket, whereas, you know, you're able to access the dollars that are there, you know, without without having worry about taxation. Right. And so we want to make sure that we have the appropriate you know, tax diversification as well when even in the saving years, because we, we you know, it's possible to, to have too much money in any one bucket. You know, in, in terms of how how your your distributions or your withdrawals are going to be treated in terms of the tax code. So we want to be thinking along the lines of that, not only in the retirement years, but also in the saving years as you're you know, moving towards retirement. Because the last thing in the world you want to have is, is a situation where, you know, you know if, if you have, let's just hypothetically say, and, and it's probably not a hypothetical scenario, but, but let's, because nobody knows exactly where tax rates are going to go in the future. 
but virtually everyone I talk to and ask the question, what do you think is going to happen to you know to tax rates in the future? And virtually everyone I talk to says to me, well, Glenn, I think it's very likely that tax rates are going to rise into the future because, you know, the, you know, the, let me just, all you have to do is look at the news and the debt and the deficits and everything else that the, that the country has. And so it's, it's, it's pretty likely that, you know, we're in pretty low, you know, pretty low tax rates historically in the greater context. Nobody feels like they're, they're not paying enough in taxes on one hand. On the other hand, they realize that it's very likely that taxes are going to be higher in the future. So then when you start thinking about, well, if you're saving money for retirement and the dollars that you're going to take out are going to be subject to taxation later down the line, well, if you're deferring the taxes or postponing the taxes, what are you postponing those taxes into? Are you postponing those into a, into higher tax rates? And we have to start thinking about, well, you know, what, you know, how does all this stuff work is when, when we're thinking about retirement income and, you know, and, and, and when do I take money out? What about Social Security? What about Roth IRAs? What about, you know, traditional IRAs? What about the 401k? Is there a Roth option? All of those things are important diversifications that we need to be aware of, not only in the retirement years, but also as you're accumulating. And, and very oftentimes, those, the, that type of thinking is left out of, of the diversification conversation. And I would suggest that it's a very important part of the diversification you know, conversation. And that's something that you know, we, we really need to make sure that people understand and are, and are, you know, are completely aware of. All important things to think about. Now, in an, in a nod to Warren Buffett and the quote that started the show off today about diversification being protection against ignorance, is it possible to be too diversified? Can we go too, too diversification? Is, is there too much of a good thing that's a, a worry here? Well, I, again, I mean, every situation is different, right, Walter? And, that, you know, that's one thing that if you've, if you've listened to, you know, to our podcast for any length of time, you realize that, you know, that it's, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent that, you know, that there's no such thing as a one size fits all. And so, you know, diversification for one person that might be too diversified for another person might be just right, right? So we, we have to think in terms of, is it possible to be too diversified? You know, yes, it's possible. But again, we have to look at what is the context of that, because too diversified is not is not like a universal um, definition. Right. One person is going to have, you know, have have a, have a need of, of diversification, you know, and that's going to be opposed to somebody else's and they're not going to be they're not going to be the same. So, again, we just have to think in, the, in terms of the context. And I think it's important that people understand, you know, what is the right amount of diversification and what are the areas of diversification that they need to be thinking about and, and, and planning for versus, you know, just this nebulous term of, you know, well, am I too diversified or do I have enough diversification? You know, well, that's that's a, that's a starting place, but that's not the ending place. So all this is really about getting the conversation going. I'm wondering if maybe we can cap off the episode today with a, a, a story or a hypothetical where you can maybe describe for us a situation where you took a non-diversified portfolio with somebody and then made it a lot better. So, you know, in as much as, you know, a lot, a lot of the folks that I work with are transitioning into the retirement years, right, Walter? So as we were just talking about, you know, the, about the time frames. And we were also talking about the, the, the tax diversification. The vast majority of folks that, that, you know, that, that come to me for the first time and we start having those conversations, you know, almost everything is, is oriented to the accumulation years. And, and that makes sense because that's the frame of reference as to where folks have been. 
So we think in terms of when we sit down, we start having this conversation, you know, and I start, you know, introducing the idea of, you know, well, what about, you know, what about diversification in terms of time frames? When are you going to need to access the monies? You know, as well as, you know, what's it going to look like when you start drawing money out in terms of tax and taxation? That's a very common thing, Walter, that, that is, you know, you know, I really hesitate to say, well, there's just this one instance. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, almost a universal experience for, for most people who are making that transition from accumulation to the preservation and distribution years, right? The preservation and distribution years, the, those, those strategies are significantly different than, than what you're going to be looking at when you're in the accumulation years. And so making that transition to make sure, okay, how far are we away from, from retirement? You know, what about, what about when are you planning to take Social Security? Does that make sense? What, the, will the taxation of your Social Security matter in terms of how your other assets are positioned in your retirement accounts? Those kinds of diversification you know, conversations and, 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 you know, and planning you know, are, are normally have not yet been you know, taken place when I, when I meet with people for the first time. And so when we start down that path, it's kind of a, an idea of that's, okay, we need, to, we need to think in terms of that and we need to develop a plan that gives you that type of diversification that it's appropriate for somebody who's either transitioning into or already in retirement. And that's a conversation that needs to happen. And not only a conversation, but planning. I, I, would, I would argue that that's the planning that, that, that the vast majority of folks need when they're, when they're going into those retirement years to make sure that they can achieve their goals and to make sure that their money is there for them and it's going to last and that they're able to pass on the legacy that they want to, you know, to their kids, grandkids, or to the, the causes that they care about. And, you know, it's, it's important because, like I say, the vast majority of folks have just never had those conversations and they've never really thought about diversification in those terms. And, you know, it's, it's something that, that needs to take place. And it's, it's, a, it's almost like an aha moment or it's like, OK, I need to, re, you know, it's, it's, I've, I'm, I'm arriving into a different phase of life. And so this, this idea of diversification, you know, and planning needs to change from where I've been. Not that where I've been has been wrong. It was right for the, for the time of where, I, where I've been. But now is, now is a new time. And it's, it's, it, you know, it's time that we start having that conversation and those plans put into place. I think uh, all of this is helpful, Glenn, and I'm sure that there are folks listening to today's show going, I, I just don't know how to tell if I'm diversified or not, or if I'm diversified enough. And that's common. Uh, that's nothing to be afraid of or worried of. And that's why it's often so helpful to get an outside opinion of how well-prepared you are for retirement. That's why Glenn is here. If you've never met with Glenn before and would like to have a complimentary initial meeting and a free consultation about your financial plan and uh, where you stand right now, where you need to go into the future, don't hesitate to reach out and have a conversation with him. You can call Glenn at 336-291-3535, 336-291-3535, or go online to RoadmapFinancial.com. That's RoadmapFinancial.com. Glenn, thank you for the help on today's show. Good discussion about diversification. Happy New Year to you once again, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again next week. Fantastic, Walter. Take care now. All right. We're off and running in 2021. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Mm -hmm.